Hi, everybody. This is John here. This is Paul. George. And Ringo. And we're very happy to be on your program once again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to show number 77 of Beatle News Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Marinucci. Today we have another really big show. We have an interview with Zeke and Lefty Weakling, Bob Berger and Glenn Burtnick of The Weaklings, about their new album, Three, that comes out on Friday, January 17th. Um, so here we go. We, we talk all about the album and about the making of the album and talk about the song. So we'll also feature a song from the album at the end. So don't go away. Anyway, here's the interview. Take a listen. All right. Welcome to Beatle News Briefs. Um, we have, we're with the, the Weaklings to talk about their new album, Three. And who do we have on the line? Gentlemen, I'll let well, you, I'll let you identify have... yourself. Yeah, I'm Lefty Weakling, also known in the real world as Glenn Burtnick, and my cohort tonight is uh, Zeke Weakling, also known as Bob Berger. Welcome, gentlemen. It's good to talk to you again. Um, Pleasure. Um, I have to ask, and I'm, and I'm being uh, being a little humorous, you called the album Three. What other titles did you consider for the name of the album? Yeah. I don't think we ever considered any other titles. Really? I will tell. Well, we we actually wrote the song three before we were anywhere near thinking about an album title, and then it became like, well, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for people who for people who haven't seen the album, there is a, a song called Three on the album. Um, it, it, yeah, it's actually the album is named after the song. It's not just that it's the third album. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let me, I'm going to run down, if you don't mind, I'm going to run down the, the titles of the, uh, of the songs, because I, I'm, uh, the album doesn't get released until when? The... Friday. Friday, okay. The 17th. 17th, yeah. okay. Um, but in case people, when they hear this, have not seen the album, here's the songs. I Want You Again, In The Moment, Three, Friday On My Mind, Thousand Miles Away, Baby You're a Rich Man, Change Your Mind, Running Away, Baby, let me take you home. I got the love and seven six five, um, and some of those you've actually released over the last year, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, so how did the how did the others? So you've had the others, the especially the one that certainly comes to mind is the Peter Noon um, uh, cover with uh, cover on Friday on my mind, um, but. What what brought all these together? What happened? You know, we we had decided that in the current day and age, um, <laughs> the albums aren't what they used to be in our culture right now. Right. And singles, we, we've kind of gone back to the early 60s mode, which is, you know, singles are what matters. And I... I understand that in my own life. If, if, if a new album comes out or a new artist exists, I, I want to hear the single. I want to hear the best shot first. Mm-hmm. So we adopted that plan, and we, we so we said, let's not wait until we've got all twelve tracks or whatever it is, whatever the number is. Let's let's record or finish. Or let's complete one song at a time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and then we'll release that as a single. And that, so that's how, you know, almost half of the album is that. 
singles that mm-hmm. we've released over the uh, since our second album. And then and then we said, well, let's okay, let's do the other ha- half of the album. Let's have some new songs. And that's pretty much it, isn't it, Zeke? Yeah, and it is. It is, and uh, you know, also that in in releasing singles as teasers toward the album, you know, we were able to build some momentum uh, along the way that you know get some mileage because we got a lot more uh, a lot more play out of the songs individually. Mm-hmm. And what often happens with an album, you release an album and radio or whoever picks out one song, and the rest of the album becomes ignored. Uh, and, and we thought we had uh, good songs, and we didn't want to see that happen. Um, so it was a, a part of the reason why we did what we did. Okay. We also, I, I'd point out that we we planned ahead uh, and recorded just about half of this album uh, at the same time we recorded our, our previous album. Okay, because I, 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 I noticed that... Uh... There, there is a, a credit for Studio Two for Abbey Road Studio Two, where you did do the la, the last album. So right. How many? We, how many? We recorded. How many songs came out? Of, how many songs came out of that for this album? I think four. We, okay. There, there were five, but one of, one of them didn't make it on the record. Oh, okay. And you know, hats off to Zeke. We we decided we had this big plan to let's fly to London, let's record. And uh, my short-sighted thought was, let's just record one album. And Zeke said, no, let's record, you know, as much as we can. Right. So it, it turned out to be almost an album and a half worth of material. So we, when we released our Studio 2 album, uh, by the way, all recorded at Abbey Road uh, Studio 2, where the Beatles did almost all their music. Right. Um, you know, we released that, but we had these other songs in our back pocket. And so we had time to uh, remix, add any extra accoutrements, and eventually release each one as a single. And there's a few that uh, we didn't release. So the album, uh, so this third album has tracks from Abbey Road Studio 2, as well as some of the other studios we were in. And the other, other cool thing was when we recorded the the uh, bat, original batch of, batch of songs at uh, at Studio Two, mm-hmm. we had the luxury of picking the ones that went together for the second album and holding back the songs that would go in the third album, realizing that they were different in in their character. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't that we we you know put all the best songs in Studio Two and then what was left over. We knew we had actually better songs that we held back because they didn't fit on that album thematically. Which brings up a, a point that that I noticed in listening to the album that this album is not just a two and a half. It's actually it, it is a three. In other words, it's a progression from the first two albums. Is that correct? Definitely. Our um, our entire thing uh, has changed over time. We started we, we accidentally became a band. Uh, doing these Beatle shows mm-hmm. and where we would uh, note for note try to tear apart every, everything we could from uh, various Beatle albums and at some point we realized that as a quartet instead of all the horns and strings and, and stuff of the uh, later albums mm-hmm. when, when we covered the early stuff we loved the idea of the quartet arrangements 
And that's how we started. Then we started to write songs to add to the Beatles repertoire. So that was the first album. At first and second album had a lot of uh, uh, unknown Lennon-McCartney songs. So right. We, we really began as a let's let's use the Beatles as a template, which we still kind of use, but not not as much. And I'm now remembering that there was a working title for this album. Uh, really? Which, yes. <laughs> it's no longer, no longer. By the time we were almost done with the album, it made no sense whatsoever. Once we wrote three, it didn't make any sense. The working title was plagiarism. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were joking with the idea of like what what we were trying to do and what we've been trying to do is to draw as much as we can from the past, past songwriters, past Beatle records, right, and other '60s music instead of copying the, anything from the '90s. While we're working on music, we say we bust each other. We say, nah, that's kind of an '80s thought. You know, if we're uh, arranging or writing a song. So anyway, this album is definitely a progression uh, in terms of it's not early 60s that we're going for. We're actually, on this album, we've found ourselves a little bit, bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the other thing is on, on the first two records, especially the first one, we really um, caught to the Beatles model in that what we recorded in the studio was limited to a quartet with very few overdubs. Right. And so, so we relaxed that on on this record and, and allowed ourselves uh, more overdubs uh, of guitars and you know added some piano here and there and added you know some percussion here and there that we wouldn't have done in the first two, which is which gives it a a, a different sound definitely than the first two albums. Mm-hmm. As far as um, songs go, uh, like I said, the, you've progressed ahead. I mean, the Beatles song is still there, like the mention of of. Uh, uh, a hard day's night in I want you again, and and all sorts of things, and 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 but but you really have taken this on, you know, into a new area, which is which is really good. I love change your mind, that really hit me as soon as I heard it. Um, any comments about that? Um, what were you? I mean that that really uh, is a beautiful song. I th- I think that's a fantastic song. I'm glad you like it. That's a classic, Glenn Burtnick. Is it? I, you know, oh yeah. I, I, and I was going to say it, that is possibly the least '60s uh, inspired kind of uh, songwriting and stuff. But but I'm glad you like it. You know, uh, the, the 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 good and bad thing about this album is that everybody has a favorite uh, has a different favorite. So, mm-hmm. so you're the first person that has singled that one out. What are your favorite? What are your favorites? Do you guys have favorites? That's hard for me. It's hard for me too. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, because they all they all have different merits. Um, Rocky's "A Thousand Miles from Home." It sounds so good coming off the record. Um, obviously, um, the easy the Easy Beats cover that we did Friday on my mind with the great Peter Noon singing. That's a thrill, you know. It's a thrill of a lifetime for power pop aficionados like us right you know and i'm proud of uh in the moment we did a really good job with that very ambitious song um also our rearrangement of baby or rich man a very lesser known uh beatles 
track. Right. Uh, you know, when we do when we play that live, audiences respond, and that, that's you know, it's all great. What made you? Think, what I made think you? That, uh, you know, the favorite in the band, I would say, though, is is three. Really. I think so. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, that's the song. When we, we put, when we got that song, we thought, well, that's that's it. That's that's really going to nail this down. And that's mm-hmm. when it became obvious that was going to be the, the album because we thought the song was so good, mm-hmm. and and the audience response to the song was so good. What did you? What went into the rearrangement of "Baby You're a Rich Man"? Because I was that's surprising to hear. I mean, I, I, your your arrangement is really a lot more solid, I think, than the Beatles arrangement. Because of the, you know, I mean, I mean, given the time that they did it, and that's you know, that's what they did. But you've, you know, you advanced it. Uh, I think you know, you know, Left, Lefty's wife said the same thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she prefers our version to the Beatles, which you know, which is like you know, sacrilege in my house. Mm. But um, uh, you know what? It, that has always personally, that has always been one of my favorite. You know, Desert Island Beatle track. Yeah. And um, I just loved it, and so does Rock. I mean, we all love it, but um, I don't, I can't remember how it came up with Let's Do That One, but. I can't either. We, we started kind of tweaking it, and, um, you know, we just added this bass part, and, and it kind of put it into a funkier groove, which possibly Baby You're a Rich Man is the funkiest song the Beatles ever recorded. Mm-hmm. And we just might have taken it, uh, you know, uh, you know, t- two steps further. Let me let me um, uh, ask you to because I'm sure you've told the story. How did you guys link up with Peter Noon? We tell a different story every time. That's, that's <laughs> <up>. <laughs> uh, well, whose turn is it? Uh, I think it's your turn. <laughs> it's my turn. Yeah, make uh, something up. <laughs> The, the, the truth is, that I, I've always loved Peter Noon. Mm-hmm. We all have. I grew up listening to him. Sure. I did a gig like, oh my God, like 30 years ago. I got a call that Peter Noon was doing an, uh, a Native American casino out in, you know, nowhere land, and they their bass player got ill or something, and and so I. I was flown out, and I was like, well, because I was like, yeah, I know all of Herman's Hermits music. So I went out there, and I brought my, my Herman's Hermits Greatest Hits vinyl 12-inch album. I had him autograph it, and I actually bumped into him one or two more times down the road uh, in different bands I was in, including Sticks. One time backstage with Sticks, Peter Noon was on that bill, and, uh, and we talked. But of course, he's not going to remember any of that stuff. So uh, it was our record label who somehow magically had some connection to uh, the great Peter Noon. And much to his credit, he was wide open to getting into it, joining, you know, he he volunteered to uh, sing this rocking track. And as it turns out, he's a great rock singer. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy is uh, there's, there's nothing lacking in this guy who's probably in his seventies, got to be by now, and um, he, he, it was a tremendous performance, and we were all thrilled uh, to work with it. Yeah. He did a great rocking album years ago with a group called the Tremblers. Sure, uh, I remember. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't heard it for a long time, but I do remember it was 
it was very non Hermes Hermes, and he did it. It was marvelous. It was really, it was really marvelous, and it kind of that what what he did here kind of reminded me of that. So, yeah, he's a talented and you know and capable guy in a number of genres. He he made a you know he made he was successful doing Herman's Hermits, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's all he can do. Yeah, he did. I believe he did David Bowie covers too. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, so he did. Yeah, yeah. He's been. He's done. I mean, I, not an extensive amount, but I know he did. Uh, I, I seem to remember that he did do some David Bowie covers. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head now what it is, but uh, yeah. So. Yeah, he's done all sorts of different things. He's he's a real talented guy. You guys also have Mark Rivera on the track "Running Away." How did you? How did that come about? Same 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 way. Uh, no, that's different. Um, we're at, we're uh, closer with Mark Rivera, and uh, Smokestack, our drummer, plays with him pretty pretty often. Mm. Um, and we just we wanted to add saxophone to the track, and we just said, "Hey, Mark Rivera, be the great guy to do it." And he and he was uh, really happy to join and do it with us. Uh, so it worked out great. Um, who, if I can ask you to divulge a secret, who is it that says they become naked on running away? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going on at the end of that song. We're we're in Abbey Road Studio Two. Okay. We're doing that song, and, and we just started, and we're doing the vocals, and. We're just kind of doing the revolution number nine thing. If you listen very closely, you'll hear Zeke going number nine, and 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 we're going. <laughs> all this, I'm a big revolution number nine fan. And the song comes to an end, and I said, "Become become naked," which is you know the Yoko moment that I you know you never forget when, right. when you hear it. It's just like oh my god. Um, so. And then we all laughed, and we decided to keep it on the record. And you know, it's silly, but it shows that we're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, it de- it definitely does. It definitely does. So, what what uh, plans do you have um, uh, in the wake of the re- release of the album? You guys going to be doing a lot of concerts, um, in, um, you know, in the early part of the year? Yeah, we we have a, uh, a bunch of things coming up, but we're Really planning on doing a, a push of, of dates in uh, in May. I don't think they're all booked yet, but um, because this month this month is busy, we're doing uh, you know a slew of light up day uh, dates, and then we're playing Daryl's house on the 24th. We're playing with Peter Noon in Maryland on the 25th. Ooh. We're uh, we're playing Bull Run, Massachusetts on uh, February 1st. Uh, Hard Rock Cafe on February 21st. Um, we have a bunch of dates, but but really we're we're trying to we try to clear our calendar and um, get a bunch of things booked in May. That's where we're where we're going. Okay. So, uh, and right now we have we do have Hard Rock Cafe and uh, Boston City Winery booked in May. Okay. So, is that is it all uh, East Coast or any West Coast? There's nothing West Coast. Our record company's been really pushing us and trying to get us to go out to the West Coast, but we're uh, trying to make it make sense uh, financially. Okay. Um, with the travel costs and so forth. So we're, right now we're staying on the East Coast. Okay. Well, I'll cross my fingers that at some point uh, you come close to where I am. So where where are you at? I'm in the Bay Area, San Francisco area. Oh, okay. Okay. So we were out there with Max uh, 
We play with Max Weinberg. Oh, really? Yeah, we a show called the uh, Max Weinberg's Jukebox, and he actually hires the weaklings to come back him or whatever, how, however you want to call it, and, and we, you know, we sing the songs and play the songs, and he plays the drums uh, on the set list, which the audience actually picks. <laughs> but yes, there was a show in the Bay Area. Actually, we we were in Oakland. Um, place called Yoshi's, I think it was. Okay, I know where that is. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah, it was, uh, you weren't there, though, uh, Glenn. It was, uh, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, you were on that tour. We, we played in, in Folsom, uh, in Oakland, and someplace else out there, and then we went to L.A. <laughs> we, were out, we, were, we were out there for about a week. Yeah. Uh, that was about a year ago. Okay. We would love to, though. You know, we, we, we're sure we have uh, fans and friends uh, out it's a big country, but, you know, uh, both Zeke and I have had long careers, and we've been involved in a lot of music, as Rocky, you know, and Smokestack. Yeah, sure. Right. All four of us. You know, Smokestack, he was with Southside Johnny. He was with Dave Mason. He's he's toured all over the world. Um, Rocky has uh, played all over the place as well. Um, with There's a... There's Beatle convention. There are Beatle conventions that um, uh, Rocky and I play all the time, and so you know we're kind of plugged into that world. But also, you know, we, uh, we all have history, and uh, we have friends all over the place. Right. It's just a matter of logistics, really. Um, how, how do you get this band? You know, it's expensive. Oh sure, and and we're busy. We're also very busy people. And you so, and you're and not, uh, to just to plug that you're going to be, I suspect, at the Fest for Beetle fans. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Okay. We usually are, and I. Yeah, I think we're, we we definitely are. We're booked there. We're Pardon? booked on. Uh, we're playing the Sunday, uh, Sunday. whenever it is. Um, well, that's in 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 yeah in in. Uh, uh, it's uh, March the 29th. Yeah. Are you also doing Abbey Road on the River too, too or no? We're not this year, no. Okay. 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 Um, any 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 more Beatle covers you're going to you're going to hit on uh, you, that you are thinking about or Good question. <laughs> you know, we had done all of those uh, Lesser-known Beatle compositions that you know, Lennon and McCartney compositions that and Harrison right. that the Beatles didn't record. Right. Uh, and we put those on our first record, and we kind of uh, almost ran out. There aren't many left because there are there are some weird weird things still laying around that we could we we played with uh, uh, Mary Jane ah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we played around with it. Uh, I don't at this point. I don't think we have plans on. Uh, on any Beatle covers right now. What about actually, actually, what about actually doing number uh, number nine? We've done it. We've done it before live. Have you? Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like it, it, it's a great exercise, and who wants to hear it though? You know that that's that's the issue. It's like okay, I love doing these exercises, but. What is the value for an audience sure. to do these things? Maybe there is a way to do it. Uh, certainly, there's been a lot that has come out about that particular song, how it was really the ending of uh, Revolution 
one. Right. You know, it, how it really was part of uh, the song. And, and it's like, okay, so maybe this, you know, maybe if we work really hard, we could come up with our own take on it. But, um, you know, all, all of these things are highly questioned. I, I don't know how you covered that thing, though. You know, it's it's like, what would you cover? It's mostly, you know, sound effects and, and, uh, and right. voices. Yeah, and, Music concrete. Is well, I was, very, I was, uh, modern. I was thinking you could do what what Glenn was just talking about, where you could do that earlier that version where they did, you know, kind of went between both both songs. You know, maybe uh, that's a good idea. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that uh, maybe well, I'll I'll look at that tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, I will say this. Though. Go ahead. We are. Uh, we have been evolving. We are kind of stylistically different than we were in the first album. As Zeke said, you know, our first album was recorded live. We didn't fix a lot. We didn't overdub a lot. We didn't. You know, we we said, okay, we're going to do this the way the Beatles recorded their first two albums, which mm-hmm. was absolutely live, and. Um, and that was a very different experience than what we did on Studio Two, and even more so on Studio um, Number Three, the third album. Um, you know, so we're we're evolving. You know, there comes a point where you have to be true to the art, as opposed to some conceptual idea you have about let's stay retro. Sure. You know, there was a speech of Bruce Springsteen's where he said. You know, it doesn't matter if you're using tubes or if you're going analog, you know, which is a very popular notion among musicians who are in search of these um, conceptual ideas. But really, the song is what matters. The, the performance is what matters. And, and we're paying attention to the more important things now, I think. Okay. All right. Well, gentlemen, Bob, Glenn, thank you very much. For, for talking with me and best of luck with the album and it's called Three and it's available on Amazon it's available through your website your website is um, what's the name of the website? www.weeklings.com okay That's W-E-E-K-L-A-N-G-S okay is there any other place that uh, people can pick it up besides Amazon and uh, assuming and also Probably. there are record stores oh that's that's true yeah there are record stores if you're lucky and there's also iTunes we're on iTunes and uh, so we have other outlets and okay. then, of course you can get them directly from us okay alright gentlemen thank you and best of luck to you and take care we talked during the interview about change your mind which is an example of the progression uh, that the Weaklings have done with this album. Well, thanks to Marty Scott and Gem Records. Here is Change Your Mind from the Weaklings 3 album. You talk so loud, you know so much. You're such a genius. How come you're never satisfied? When all you want to do is start a war between
to Marty Scott and Gem Records for allowing us to give you a taste of the three album with the great track, Change Your Mind. Thanks again to Zeke and Lefty for the interview. You can find our shows on iTunes, Google Play, Fab4Radio.com, Beatlesarama, and wherever your podcasts are found. Join our Beatles News and Information page on Facebook and check out our That's What I Want Beatles store page on Facebook for great deals for yourself and your favorite Beatle fan. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Steve Marinucci saying... Be seeing you! that one market fab